Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show. It's for you. Those that work so hard for money and you want your money start working harder for you right now. You want that freedom and cash flow today, not 30 or 40 years from now, but right now so you can live that life that you love with those that you love. But most importantly, it's not just about getting rich, it's about living a rich life because as you are blessed financially, you have a greater capacity to bless the lives of those around you. Guys, that is exactly what I'm here to do. Thank you for allowing me to create a ripple effect through you guys. I appreciate you guys tuning in. You've been binging, you've been sharing. Guys, you're making this show what it really is, which is that ripple effect, that vision that I have to not just bless your life, but your family's lives, generations beyond you and across your community and across the world. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As a reminder, if you have not done so and you wanna learn more, check out our website, moneyripples.com. Go there, check out all of our good stuff. And hey, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out, of course. Today, guys, I want to talk about something that I know personally, something that I experienced really 20 years ago as a financial advisor, as the mainstream financial advisor I used to be. If you guys don't know my story, I started out as a mainstream financial advisor. I started doing that in the early 2000s, right after Y2K, came into the financial advisor arena, and I was drinking the Kool-Aid, right? I was teaching everybody to pay off all their debt, save everything spend very little, sacrifice now so that someday you could have that life of freedom, that financial freedom that we all talk about, right? And I bought that hook, line, and sinker, and I knew that was the way to go. And the way you do it is through our mutual funds that we offer you guys, or through our insurance products, or whatever else that we offer, okay? That was what we taught. Now, if you've ever met with a financial advisor, and I know many of you have, really, you might have discovered what I've discovered as well. And this is something I realized that I was just a salesman in a suit. This first became apparent to me when I remember the market had crashed during Y2K. Great time for me to become a financial advisor. It was birthed, if that's even a great way to describe it, financially speaking, or even professionally speaking, I was raised during a recession. Now, during that period of time, the thing is, I realized that there are market fluctuations, right? That market fluctuations can really be a problem for people. I saw clients firsthand that I would inherit them from financial advisors that had quit or died or whatever. And I remember calling them up saying, hey, I'm in charge of your account right now. And they'd say, oh, is that person in jail yet? Man, I can't stand that financial advisor. I'm so mad at them right now. I lost so much money during Y2K. And man, that was a hard thing for me to deal with because I said, hey, I'm sorry that happened. I don't know their situation right now. I just know they're no longer with the company but I'm here to take care of your stuff. They said, nah, I really am not interested in financial advisors right now. I wish more people were like that today. (laughs) I think the last 12, 13 plus years, right? Ever since really 2009, we've been spoiled with a good market. Even with the little down, the 20% decline in the stock market in 2022, there's been this little bit of an increase in 2023. People think, oh, it's fine. I'm good. Financial advisors are doing good for me. And you get complacent, you get lazy, and as a result, that's when you most are likely to lose money. This is what happened to these people after the 1990s. Six-year run-up, and then the Y2K hit. They were unprepared. They thought the sky was the limit. You really don't lose money in the market. And what did they do? They lost money. Well, I saw this firsthand. And I remember a financial advisor came in. He said, hey, guys, let's look at this. Here's why you want an indexed product. So he's trying to give us something else to sell, right? And he illustrates, he says, guys, look at this. If you have $10,000 in an account, you lose 50%, you now have how much? We all said $5,000 because we're all geniuses as financial advisors, right? So we all say $5,000. It's like, yes, that's right. So you lost 50%, 
that's now down to $5,000. You got cut in half. Now, everybody, and there, I would say gentlemen, but there were a few women in this, I would say that our office is probably about 90% men, 10% women. He says, all right, out of all of you guys, and there was like 60, 50 or 60 of us. He said, now, what return do you need to make to get back up to $10,000? Everybody just said 50%. You lost 50%. You just need 50% to get back to zero. He said, wrong. Let me show you. And he showed $5,000, make it 50%. You only make half, right? It's not 100% double. 50% half of 5,000 is 2,500. You get up to 7,500 bucks. And we thought, well, that's weird. I didn't expect that. Well, next thing we start running those numbers again. And lo and behold, what do we see? Of course, it's a hundred percent return, not 50% to get you back to breaking even. Well, that was double. And he says, look at the average guys over two years, minus 50 plus hundred is 50 divided by two years is a 25% average return, but your actual yield is 0%. You're actually, and he's like, I'm not including fees coming out. And this blew our minds. And when we started running numbers, we looked at 1995 to 2005, we said, whoa, even with the market that was booming during those nineties, and even with the recovery after 2003, 2002, really going to 2003, was starting to come back up again in the market. Yet, although there were more up years, still, people were realizing that we would have been better off not losing money. <laughs> We've been better off actually what, not weathering the market and staying in places that were more guaranteed that ensured that we didn't lose money. And I remember approaching the guy out in the parking lot. I chased him down. I said, listen, I'm in my 20s right now, late 20s. Why wouldn't we have everybody do this? Why would we ever try to get people to not lose money? He said, I can see right now, you're young. You can take the risk. You're gonna make more money in the market. This is just for those people that are too scared to be in the market. It's something else to offer them. And the light bulb went on. I was like, aha. Sadly enough, I am now a salesman in a suit. I just realized he's teaching me salesmanship, really, just how to offer a different product. And if you guys have ever seen this before, you've probably seen a chart called the Ibbotson chart, right? You see it from like, in this case, January 1926 to December 2021. 2022, end of 2022 hasn't come out quite yet, or I haven't found it yet online. But this is a 96-year period right here. And you always see here, when they show you this chart, right? I'm going to try to zoom in. This makes it tough. So this gray area is like the value of the dollar. Notice Great Depression, the dollar declined quite a bit and then made its way back up. It wasn't until the 1940s, the dollar finally had the same value as it had back in 1926. And then it started going from there. So $1 invested in 1926, now at the end of 2021, before the decline in the market is worth $16. You'll see it's like a 2.9% inflation. So about 3%, right? You got treasury bills just above it at 3.3% at 22 bucks. You got bonds, it would have been 177. Now here's stocks, large cap, 14,000 bucks. And then we even have a small cap, which it was over 12% showing average return, $56,000. Here's a problem. I've run the numbers, okay? And you can too. You can take the SP 500, look at the last 30 years going from, if you're listening to this in March, go from March of 1993 until today of March, 2023. And you'll see, guess what? You do not have a 12% actual yield. If, they, if you had say $1,000 and it's invested and it keeps growing, or you just take the S&P 500 index number and from when it was back in March of 1993 and take it till today, you realize that number is closer to about a 7.7%. Now I'm guessing because it does vary from day to day, it could be 7.6 to 7.7. It's been right around there lately, okay? So that's not 12.1%, almost really 12.2% when I ran the numbers here. It was just over 12.1. That's not happening. Now that's small cap. Large cap, which is like the SP 500, 10.5. No, it's not doing 10.5. And that makes a big difference. How big of a difference? I'll show you. Watch this. All right, so taking the interest calculator here, see you have $1 
at 10.5%. And it was a little bit more. I think it was like 10.53 or something like that. 96 years, you get that 14,000 and change, right? At the 10.5. So that's what you're expecting if it's in the stock market. And I'm going to take that down to 10.5. Just make it an easy number, 14,500. That's what your $1 becomes. But what if I just knock it down 3%? Now, most people would say, well, 3%, that's 30% less. Shouldn't that be somewhere in the ballpark of maybe nine or 10 grand? Let's find out. Boom. Guess what? 3% is not 10 grand. Notice it's 1,035 versus 14,000. So really, this is like over 14 times difference with just a 3% change. That's it. 14 times. Why? Remember how everybody tells you it's a miracle of compounding interest? That also works against you if you don't get what you expect. Every percentage does count. Not to mention, I'm going to show this here in a little bit too, what really happens in reality, what is true, what really happens here. All right, so let's take this for a different example. Say you have 25,000 a year you're putting in between your employer's contribution and yours in a 401k. You make 7% on that total money, including the match being invested. 30 years later, guess what you get? Two and a half million. What's interesting is your number is exactly pretty much 100 times of what you've been paying into it. However, I put inflation at 5%. I put it at that because I know the truth is that we know inflation is much more than just that 3% they claim or 2% as their target. Come on, guys. We know it's much higher than probably than even 5%. I'm just putting this at a conservative number so it's not too shocking, okay? But you do that number and look, now after inflation, you have $584. Sorry, $584,000 is what you have. Remember, as I've, you've heard me mention before, the 4% rule of pulling out 4% for the rest of your life has been proven not to work. It's a little risky. It might work, but in different market conditions and the fact you might change your portfolio, 3% is the max you should be taking out in retirement. That means you're living on less than $15,000 a year after inflation adjustment. You put in 25,000 years to live on 15,000 is not great. Now, if you go 40 years, this number does improve with the after inflation numbers. You go out 40 years, pretty much whatever you're saving per year is what you're able to live on. It's about $750,000, 3% means you're living on about $22,000 a year, about the same thing, not including your match, about what you've been putting in. So what you can derive from this is if you're willing to wait 40 years, whatever you're putting in per year into a 401k, maybe even an IRA too. Let's just say that you happen to not get a match, but you're still putting money in an IRA. You're going to be living on about the same or less after inflation with as the money you've been putting in per year. So really, you're just putting away for a future date. You're essentially delaying your gratification to hopefully have gratification in those later years and hopefully not run out of money. Now, granted, hey, 40 years, 25,000 a year, 5 million is awesome. That's great. We can't control all those variables, but what about now? And here's the thing that your financial advisor is afraid of, right? Because when I showed those Ibbotson charts going over time and showing you how awesome the stock market was, for real estate, I didn't see one with real estate on it, but the one we showed used to show real estate too. Did you know real estate they would show would be just barely above what you would see for the dollar. It was really closer to about what the treasury bills were. So you remember the treasury bills was like a dollar made 22. Why? Because they say, well, real estate's like three, 4%, not that much. So it might've been, if you're lucky, 50 bucks. One dollar you put in makes you 50 bucks. Well, guys, that's based purely on appreciation. Nothing to do with passive income. Nothing to do with that. It was just based on home values. Well, yeah, home values do go up with inflation. That's nice. But... What I didn't know as a financial advisor is that's not what you're banking on. And I remember as a financial advisor, I went to a real estate seminar that a guy had put on. He was actually a former laundromat owner. And he said, guys, well, what if I put a $10,000 down payment on 
my house, right? And of course, this is back when prices were cheaper. A $10,000 down payment on this home. And then it appreciates $10,000. Well, what happens? Well, if that $100,000, say it was 10% down, $100,000 goes up, so it goes up $110,000. He made $10,000 appreciation. He's like, I just made 100% rate of return on my money. And it kind of blew my mind thinking, wait, can, is that possible? Does that really happen? Yeah, it does. <laughs> History has been showing that it's been proven to be that way forever. Okay. Even if you thought that mutual funds actually worked, let's look at the evidence. Go back to my past episodes. Go back to last August, September, when I had a series of podcast episodes coming out, talking about like the case against mutual funds and looking for eyewitness accounts, real witnesses, people that saved up over a million in their actual retirement accounts and how well they were actually living in their 70s and 80s. And if they were still worried about running out of money, right? There was four examples. Three of the four were afraid of running out of money. The fourth one was in his mid 80s and thought he'd die pretty soon anyways. That's the difference, guys. Where here, what we talk about is that we actually let this golden goose lay golden eggs. We never kill those eggs. We never kill off the golden goose. We just let the golden goose get bigger while the golden eggs get bigger as well. That's a different story than what most people are doing with their retirement accounts, which is I'm trying to cut off little shavings of my goose as time goes on in hopes that there'll still be a goose left to lay some kind of golden egg. But really, I'm just eating the goose slowly until I die in retirement and I live cheap enough to do it. That's the problem. So if you remember, I showed this chart before talking about whole life versus just using a savings account. I'm going to take out the whole life conversation. I just want to use the numbers because in the yellow here on the left, and for those of you listening to this audio, I definitely invite you to go to our YouTube channel, the Money Ripples channel, watch this episode as well, because I know I'm showing a lot of different stuff. If you're a more visual learner, go to our YouTube channel. By the way, if you like this, like and subscribe, <laughs> please do that as well and share this to other people because this is so important because this is what, as a financial advisor, I was refusing to believe. And this is also what, when I saw it as a financial advisor, converted me away from it, realized that what I was doing as a financial advisor, because like I said before, this stuff wasn't working. I wasn't seeing people retiring. I saw people still on as little as possible, trying to live lean in retirement so that they didn't run out of money. It just wasn't enough. My dad was a perfect example where he did everything right, was debt-free, saved up like crazy in his retirement accounts. Yet, if it wasn't for Social Security, he would only have five years of money to last him, his lifetime, and that was it. So if he lived more than five years, he was out of money, that kind of thing. So notice this yellow section. This is somebody saving, I said, 55,000 a year. Really, this was somebody we're showing saving 30,000 a year on top of the 250,000 that we had already invested to make a 10% return. So I'm just gonna make this simple, say this person's saving 55,000 a year. I'm also gonna compare this to saving in a mutual fund earning that 7%. Now you'll see here with what we got over time, that 55,000 keeps compounding and growing, that cash flow becomes 30,500 the next year and so on. After 10 years, you get to $112,000 of actual cash flow. Guys, that's $10,000 a month or $112,000 of actual cash flow. By the way, depending on where you invested in, this could also have tax advantages where you pay less taxes than you would just throwing money into an IRA. But taxes aside, still 112,000, which is over 9,000 a month is nothing to really be embarrassed about. That's for sure, especially after 10 years. Now, this is why when people say, is it really possible to have 100,000 a year passive income? It is. It is depending on where you're starting from. If you're starting from zero, it's going to be a little tougher, right? It could happen, right? And again, I'm just doing this off a 10% per year type of simple growth, which we have several different options of people that we know in our network that actually have investments that pay sometimes contractually 10, 11 plus percent. 
But, and we're not even talking about all the appreciation you get from real estate. We're not even talking about the fact that I have a property that did over 300% in five years when you factor in all the returns that comes from it. No, we're just keeping this very conservative in comparison to what you could do with actual real estate. Again, 112,000, just making a simple 10% return, which sometimes certain funds or lending opportunities or even certain investment opportunities can actually give you in the side of the alternative investment space. Now, if I go to over here, say the same thing, 55,000 saved per year, starting from zero, 7% per year for 10 years. And we're not even gonna factor in inflation because I didn't on the other example either. Guess what? You've got 813,000 or living on 3% means you're living on just over 24,000 a year or about 2,000 a month. And depending on where you invest that, it could be taxed as well. So here's the difference, guys. Do you want over 9,000 a month in 10 years or about 2,000 a month in 10 years? Big difference. And that's assuming the market smiles on you just the right way. I get it. Nothing's guaranteed here. I'm not saying there's no risk on the other side, on the alternative side, which we would refer to more as Main Street versus using Wall Street with mutual funds and so forth. But this is a big difference. Again, it comes back to the cash flow. Cash flow is what's really, truly important here. It's not about the end number, although the end number does help. What really comes down to is how much income can you actually draw in that scenario? Some of the times people ask me, hey, with these infinite banking policies we set up, could we actually use these in retirement versus using it just to buy real estate? Which again, real estate will kick its butts hands down when you use whole life with real estate. But even if you just use it as a retirement vehicle, earning maybe four or 5% net after fees tax-free, still, you can usually pull off about 8% a year of the cash value and have that money last the rest of your life, assuming kind of current dividends that are pretty low right now. That's not bad, right? That's better than 3% even. But that's just a different scenario. I'm not comparing retirement that way because I know on the alternative side, you will kick the crap out of anything a financial advisor recommends. How do I know? Because I was that financial advisor recommending not to do real estate. I would tell people, hands down, I'd say, look at the Simpson chart. Look at the historicals. Stock market always wins. It makes more, like between 10 to 12%. Of course, past performance is not indicative of future results. That's always a disclaimer put on those charts, right? But we would say, that's what history said. So you're more likely to get that kind of return than you would just buying real estate, making inflation, right? That's really what we're trying to show people. Guys, that's not true. It's really all about that cash flow. What income is coming in? Because the difference is, even if you made 7% in the stock market, you're not going to pull off 7% because once again, you might have down years. You need to pull off less just in case the market goes down and you still have enough money. You don't kill that golden goose. They call it disinvesting. When the market goes down and you pull money out, it goes down much faster. And so even if the market recovers, it has less money to recover with. And therefore, you make less money and that money runs out faster. Just understand that down years, when people tell you, including financial advisors say, keep investing in the down years, just pull out a little bit less money. You're still pulling out money while it's going down. That's very dangerous. This is why I even talk about on the insurance side of things, universal life can be dangerous because if costs are going up and you're pulling money out, that's like disinvesting. It actually accelerates the amount of money that you pull out and therefore have less money to actually grow and could run out of money much faster than what they showed you in those charts where they show just straight up. Same thing in financial advising. They show charts just going straight up. They don't show the negative years. They say, here's the average, which we already know the average is crap, okay? It's not actual yield. It's just based on averages because negative and positive throw those numbers off like I mentioned earlier. Therefore, again, about 2,000 a month, you could pull off of this retirement account in 10 years versus 9,000. Again, I'm not saying any of these situations are guaranteed. It could be more or less depending on what that 10-year period does. You could be better off on the real estate side. You could potentially even be better off on 
the stock side of things, on the mutual fund side of things. It is possible, not likely. <laughs> History said no, but it's possible. But here on the investments, your financial advisor does not want you to know about. When I mention real estate, I don't just mean buying the property in your backyard. That is where people usually go wrong. And yes, they might get lucky over time, but that's not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about buying properties that cash flow. And sometimes you're not even buying just a property. I'm not talking about just buying a rental. That is one option. That's why we talk about turnkey real estate is a great option where you don't manage the property. You can buy it anywhere in the country. Somebody else manages it for you. You take the profits. And yes, even today with higher interest rates, those profits can still be, if you're in the right markets, at least five, six, or even 10 plus percent cash on cash returns, not including any appreciation, not including tax benefits, and not including the fact when they pay your mortgage down. If you start throwing and paying your mortgage down and tax benefits and everything else, even the ones that don't cash flow amazingly well could still get you potentially high single to double digit returns, okay? That's still possible even with that scenario. But again, I, even if I took out those variables, because I think appreciation is icing on the cake, I just like to know what's the actual profit coming from those things. They can still produce easily 5 6% plus in the right markets. And again, like I said, there's even some double digit scenarios, but even today it has been less as of the early 2023. Going later this year, that could totally change once again. All right, I'm just giving you the reality as it is today. But there's other scenarios. There are, like I mentioned, lending. You can lend money to real estate investors that might be fixing and flipping properties. They might be wholesaling them and doing different things. Need that money for a short period of time, pay you back with interest. In many cases, they'll pay you low double-digit interest on that. I know guys that in our network that will pay just a flat 10%. Some will pay 10% plus an extra percentage point on top. Even if it's half a year, they might still pay a full percent on top of whatever they pay you. So we say it's six months, they pay you 10% plus a percentage point you would get that percentage point plus 5% over six months because half of 10, you actually make 6% in six months. Not too shabby, right? There's things like that out there that we've mentioned oil and gas before. I was just looking at the numbers just as of right now when we're getting our money coming in. My R fund, it hasn't done as well. We've done like 8% in the last year, but I see a lot of my other clients are getting over 20% the last year. Just depends on what kind of investment you're in. I've got other partnerships I've talked about before, or I've got business partnerships in real estate where they're doing a lot of buying and selling and seller financing, doing note type of investing. And guess what? We've been over 40%. Again, not guaranteed. Results will vary for sure, right? And your situation could be better than mine or worse. I've got clients that have better results on certain investments than I have and vice versa. I've got investments that might have better results than my clients have. I'm investing in the same kind of things that they're doing. It just depends on timing and what you're investing in. And Sometimes deals go amazingly well, even better than you expect. Sometimes not as well. Again, there's so much that varies, but the risk, in my opinion, when you're buying a real asset like real estate, those kind of risks diminish. They don't go to zero, but they do lessen quite a bit, especially if you can bring in other factors. For example, if I buy a turnkey real estate property, one of the things I try to do to lessen my risk is one, I'll make sure that there's a home inspection report done. I wanna know that the home inspector doesn't mean the home inspector is perfect, but I wanna make sure they look for anything possibly that could be wrong with the property, because it is, I don't wanna deal with it, or I want it fixed before we buy it. Also with renters, I wanna make sure renters in the property where we have a lease that's signed and agreed to before we close on the property. So we know that we're making X amount of dollars per month. We know our numbers before we actually close on the deal. That helps lessen risk. Doesn't always happen that way, but I like that to be the case. I also like to put a down payment. I like to put 20% down or more, not too much more. 
But if you put 20% down, even if there's fluctuations in the value, if something were to go wrong, you got to sell a property, generally it's not going to lose 20%. The last recession being the exception for some areas, but we like to go for boring markets too. That's another one. So I don't like to put down at least 20% on those properties, give me a buffer just in case I need multiple exit strategies if something goes wrong. Also, having a good property manager, I would say is also in and of itself, a very good thing to have. That's probably one of the best things to have. And then I mentioned as well, key areas. Going for areas that are pockets that aren't affected. They're not huge boom towns, right? These are not like the Phoenix, Arizonas. We're not going for the necessarily like the Tampa, Florida type areas. We're going for the areas that are outside of those big markets. The ones that don't fluctuate as much. They don't make big gains. They don't make big appreciation gains, but they also don't sink if things turn around. I like to have that kind of flexibility. So guys, that's the thing that's amazing. This was like the matrix pill that I took that got me to wake up because when I saw that it was all about the cash flow, how much income can actually come in, my life was changed. It was changed for the better. This is how it gets so good. This is why our, our clients get results. They actually have thousands of dollars coming in per month, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars come in per month, and they're able to be financially independent and or work optional. Or even if they're not work optional, have options where they can have more time freedom. That is where I want you guys to be. That is the true freedom is that you can still work if you want to, but you don't have to, right? You work by choice. You have the power in the situation. You have freedom versus what most people do. They just keep slaving away, hoping that someday that dream might come true, that their prince might come to save them. Guys, there is no prince. There's no knight in shining armor come to save you in those mutual funds. It's not going to work. This right here gives you the best odds of success. If you want to know how to do that, I'd welcome you. Go check out the calculator we have moneyripples.com. Take the passive income calculator. See what you could do in the next 12 months. And hey, if you got more questions, reach out to us, moneyripples.com. Guys, I'm here to tell you, financial advisors don't want you to do this because they don't get paid a commission off of it. They have their little square pay they're trying to jam into your round hole. That's not the fit for you. The fit for you is if you want freedom, you want to do something that actually works. Use that right peg for what you want to use today. Make it a wonderful and prosperous week. We'll see you later. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.